The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. Just me saying I'm going to be 100% real with you here. I think Matt Nagy is not a play caller. I don't think he can call a pizza hut and order a pizza, let alone call a fucking game offensively. Fat Mike, what's up? This has been a long time coming. It's been my fault, but I'm glad we're finally doing this. Yes, sir, man. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. We've been talking about this for a while now. Yeah, definitely. So really awesome to uh, finally get to connect with you. And uh, I know the White Sox game just started. I see you're wearing the Cubs hat. I saw on Twitter that you are rooting for the Sox in this playoffs. Have you been kind of watching the first inning so far? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was doing right before I hopped on with you. I was hanging out, doing a little bit of doing a little bit of work, sitting there watching the White Sox game. I am pulling for the White Sox. Although I am a diehard Cub fan, just bring another championship here to Chicago. It's been a long time since we had one here, and I, I, I would like, I'm sure I'm not the only one who would like another one here, so. I get that. I get that. From the championship city pride perspective, makes sense. I'm not exactly rooting for the White Sox, but I definitely understand those that are. And I also understand those that are not rooting for the Astros. So I get it. Right. No, I get it too. I mean, it's going to be a fun series, either way that you look at this series right now. You know, the the, the White Sox got all the big bats. The Astros got a lot of big bats as well. The White Sox throw the most fastballs in all of baseball. And the Astros like to hit a lot of fastballs. So it's going to be a tough series. But I think when it boils down to it, I think the White Sox will win the series just based on managerial experience alone. Tony La Russa can outcoach Dusty Baker any day of the yeah. week. So, yeah, it should be a fun series. Have you uh, watched? Did, did you uh, did you watch the wild card games? I did. I did. I was happier than a pig in shit. But the Yankees lost. That that made me so happy. Uh, I hate the New York Yankees. I hate every New York sports team with a passion. And then last night's game, the Cardinals Dodgers. I mean, what a great game! I mean, I had a show. I had my own show last night here on twelve fifty two. And um, I couldn't wait to get off the air. I couldn't wait just to, to just to touch into that show. And I watched it all the way up until the end. Boy, oh boy, that Chris Taylor is a pain in the ass. And that two-run bomb to win the game, man. Jeez. Yeah, I was uh, obviously glad the Cardinals lost. And now I want the Giants to just crush the Dodgers. But it's going to be an interesting NLDS because you've got a 107 and a 106 win team playing against each other. That's just insane on its own. But... Never thought the Giants, I mean, I, I've had, I, I had a Giants friend, uh, Jeff Young on back in early April. We were talking about the Giants. They're like, I don't know, 12 and six. And I was like, oh, is this team going to compete this year? And uh, neither of us ever expected that to last and become what it did. So really fun playoffs, even though the Cubs aren't in it. Yeah, they completely, the, 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 the San Francisco Giants completely flew underneath the radar all year this year. At the very beginning of the year, I thought they weren't. I thought they weren't anything special. I was like, "Yeah, they're just riding the heater here." You know, they'll they'll eventually fizzle and fade away, and it'll be the Dodgers and Padres. And no, the Giants were just put up or shut up all year long, winning that division, winning the 107 games, like you just said, making the Dodgers on the putting the Dodgers on their heels the entire year, and then completely just washing out San Diego as a whole. The Giants are a legit team. They got some great players on that team. Crawford and Posey and the list now they got Chris Bryant and the pitching has been absolutely phenomenal on that team. It's going to be a it's going to be a hell of a series to watch 
And I, I'm hoping the same exact thing. My, my, my pick at the beginning of the playoffs was San Francisco and the Tampa Bay Rays in the World yes, Series. Yes, me too. And me I took too. Tampa Bay to win it. So, yeah, I have the same series because I mean, I mean, you can make you can make the case that the Dodgers are the best team. You can make the case, even the White Sox or whoever. But I feel like. I feel like most of this season, if not the entire season, I almost, I mean, I know Tampa Bay hasn't been in first place all year, but they've been easily the best team in the American League. The Giants have almost, if they haven't been in first place wire to wire, it feels like it because yeah. they really never relinquished it if they ever were in second place or whatever. So I also had Giants Rays. It doesn't really matter to me who wins, but I think it would be kind of fun if the Rays did finally win one. But I also wouldn't mind if the Giants won. I mean, I have nothing against them. It'd be kind of funny because that team just almost came out of nowhere this year to do it. So we'll see what happens. But and I guess it'd be cool for Chris Bryant too to get one. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that would that'd be that'd, that'd be nice to see too. But I'm, I think the Rays, the Rays are just so deep. They do it the right way, and they're doing it without all the money. You know, so it's that's yeah. that's another nice thing. You see a little right. team like that, a little small. I mean, Tampa Bay. I mean, everybody t- talks and. Mm-hmm. says they're a small market team yep. and they're doing it right. They're playing Billy Beanball almost to where it's, they just grab guys that know how to get on yeah. base, move them on, get them on, get them over, get them in. And I don't ever remember the Tampa Bay Rays never having pitching. I mean, ever in the last 15 years, they've always had a stud pitching staff. I don't understand it. I don't know where they find these guys, but I mean, kudos to them. I mean, they're, they're kicking ass down there right now. I'm right there with you. I think it'd be cool for the Rays to finally get one because they've been so close. They were close last year. Uh, you're right. They get they let guys go. Blake Snell, he's out the door. He's in San Diego. He's he didn't have a great year anyway. Tampa Bay just lets people go. They know how to, you know, bring up people. They play the right way, like you said. All they're missing is the ring. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be cool. And plus, Tampa Bay is title town these days when you got the Bucks and the Lightning also winning championships every year. Yeah, so, I mean, I they need the trifecta. The cheat, cheating for a Stanley Cup again? Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm cheating, sons of bitches. Well, they know how to exploit the loopholes, right. that's for sure. But, yeah, that's on the NHL, too. But, well, Columbus, at least my jackets uh, ruined their party the first time, and then they won the last two. But in shortened seasons. <laughs> so we'll see if they can do it in a full 82-game season. Right, yeah. Listen, that, that that team's tough, man. Like you said, they know how to exp- they know how to exploit the loopholes. The Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Lightning, they're a good team. They're my pick to repeat again this year. Repeat. They're just so good. They're just so damn good. That's, I mean, yeah. It's either Tampa Bay, Colorado, maybe Vegas. Yeah, Oilers. Uh, maybe there's some other teams you could definitely throw in that Islanders. conversation, but the Oilers, maybe Islanders, maybe Islanders. Yeah, for sure, they definitely could. Maybe we'll have a dark horse. I don't know. But how do you feel about the Blackhawks? I mean, they got my guy Seth Jones over there. Although I do like the trade. I like the trade for Columbus on their end of it. And the, the Hawks are trying to go for it, it looks like. Well, I mean, a healthy Jonathan Taze means the world. I mean, it really does. Now you're full at your center. You got your all four lines of center. Leading off with Johnny Taze, front man, and then line in that, that, that number one line. It, it's, a, it's a big thing. And they got a, a lot of young talent, a lot of young goal scorers on this team. And I was actually just talking with Pat Boyle this morning about nice. this. Nice. Um, Pat Boyle, I don't know, he has the hockey show here on ESPN Chicago 1000 on, on Saturdays with uh, with Brian Hanley. Yeah. I was talking with Pat Boyle this morning, and I told him, I was like, this team is young and dumb enough and has a lot of young talent and goal scorers to actually make another possible deep run in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year if they get there. And we've all seen these number eight seeds come into town and knock off the number one seed. We saw it a few years back when the Islanders ran close. Ran the Penguins to a seven-game series. 
We saw it years ago when the Oilers did it against the Ducks. I mean, listen, we we, we see that type of team slip into the playoffs and just it all clicks. It all clicks. This year, I think we're a little bit we're a lot better at goaltender getting Marc Andre Fleury from the from the Vegas Knights. Seth Jones, another big D man that we need. We got Seabrook off the books. Keith is now up in uh, up in Winnipeg, which is nice. Or yeah, I mean, Edmonton. Listen, yeah. you got rid of you got rid of some age, and you got some youth back in return. Yeah, I, I, sorry, Edmonton. Yeah, you got some youth back in return. So it's it's it, it goes a long way when you can get some new, fresh, young legs to replace the old legs that were constantly on the ice. So I mean. I, I think they're a playoff team. I really do. I mean, that's not me. That's me being non-biased. I really do. I looking at their looking at their um, the, the 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 roster. I think they could possibly be a playoff team and shake shake some shit up. Yeah, it should be interesting. I know the season's getting started here in a week. I'm excited. I'm excited for the TNT ESPN thing. Also, I think it's kind of cool to shake it up, see new personalities. Uh, Torts is on ESPN now, so it should be fun. Fun season. It should be. It should be. I'm excited for puck season to start. It's going to be good. Also, so I did want to ask you too. So, you're Fat Mike Chicago on Twitter. First off, how did you get the name Fat Mike? Oh, I'm fat. And my name's Mike. I mean, that's how you <laughs> that's just kind simple. Of put it together. Um, honestly, that's that's pretty much how it works, man. I mean, I wanted to put something clever on out there, and you know, this is a long time ago when I was playing music and stuff like that, and you know, I just kind of went with it, you know, and did my own little thing and started playing guitar shows and stuff like that, playing acoustic shows and. It just kind of stuck. So people that I've known for years have still known me as Fat Mike. So well, I like that it's like your brand, and uh, you also have Fat Mike Chicago, the show that you were talking about. So talk about that. How long have you been doing that? Uh, the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show is going on almost two years now. Um, it's been a lot of fun, man. I, I love every single second of it. It's it's fantastic. There was a little bit of hiatus here the last couple of months when I was trying to when my my wife and I were finalizing all the final details on the wedding. So I took a couple of weeks off to where I can put, you know, my, 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 my thoughts and my efforts towards the main goal of, of us finally getting, getting, uh, getting the wedding done. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I love every second of it, man. I've made a lot of great relationships with, uh, through Twitter, through having guys on the show, guys up at ESPN, even, you know, former NFLers, former NHLers, former baseball players, I've made a lot of great relationships all through just being a podcaster guy. You know, at first I thought it was going to be, I'm going to sit here and, you know, just talk with, you know, everybody here, there and everywhere. Never thinking that I would have the opportunity or have the chance to sit down and talk with somebody like Devin Hester, like I did, or somebody like Jim McMahon, like I did somebody like Eric Soderholm or even Carmen DeFalco and David Kaplan. And, you know, Jay Hood's been on my show. It's it, it Sylvie has been on my show. It, it's been a complete whirlwind, and it's it's phenomenal. These guys are fantastic, and I I mean, like I said, man, I love every single second of it. So it, it's it's fantastic. I love it. You don't have to spill the secret. In fact, I won't even add this. I won't even include this. I'm just curious if you can tell me, and you don't have to, but uh, like I'll tell you my method for getting people. Like you saw it, I DM'd you. I mean, I I know we kind of talk or whatever, anyways. But like I've had the same like ESPN one thousand people, Cap, Sylvie, Carmen, Fred Hubner, uh, whoever I've had. Right. I just I just simply at them or or DM them if I can. But is that what you basically do too? Yeah, man. And you could you could go ahead. I mean, put this in your show. It's cool. I mean, listen, you just got to stay on top of it, man. I do a lot of research you know, trying to get in contact with these guys. And, you know, we have a whole great team here over at 1252 
the podcasting platform, the podcasting brand that I started over here out in Chicago, I work with a bunch of great people. All right, like I surrounded myself with great people. Alan Bratcher, he also runs the Bears Fan with the Brain page. Uh, he has a show on my network called Bears Fans with the Brain pregame. Andrew Tarbill, Jeff Schwartz, Fred Hubner, David Schuster. Um, uh, the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, it's, I surround myself with great people and you just, you fill into those lines. You fall into those lines a little bit and you continue to reach out to people and you go to events, you make yourself available. I went to the, in more and more so support for Mongo McMichael, but I made, a, I met a lot of people there at the Mongo uh, fundraiser out at Mongo McMichael's out in Romeoville. You know, you meet, you greet, you make yourself available. But a lot of it, man, it's just the same stuff that you're doing. You sit there and you know, the same thing. I mean, I'm, I'm doing the same exact thing. Hey, you know, hey, Lance Briggs, would you like to come on the show? Hey, Alex Brown, listen, you're one of my favorite players of all time. I'd love to have you on the show. What do you think? You know, hey, Jim McMahon, you know, it's the same type of thing. I was in talks. I was in talks with Devin Hester's people for over a year before I finally got him on the show. So it was a lot. I mean, it's a lot of ass kissing. But it's a lot of it's also a lot of relationship building. You know what I mean? You, 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 you tell them, hey, man, happy birthday. Hey, man, congratulations on your anniversary. You know, just be courteous and be coherent of what's going on in their life as well. And you'll get guys to come on your show, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, uh, I thought my biggest problem would be getting people. My biggest problem is just finding time. So it's been really fun. You know, I, like you said, I, I just do the same thing. Right. I just. You know, I I, uh, I talked with Nick Olchek, Edzo, you know, Eddie Olchek's son uh, earlier this year. I had Adam Amin yeah. earlier this year. I mean, you've probably seen some of the ones I posted. So it's been really awesome. And I always love talking with yeah. people like you yeah. who are doing similar things. And I was going to I was gonna say, you mentioned Carmen and Fred Hubner, Cap, Sylvie. I talked with all of them. But uh, I think you just had Carmen on last night, right? I did, yeah. We had Carmen on last night talking about the uh... – the Bears woes and what's going on with now Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy, Mitchell Trubisky, Jesus Christ, <laughs> with Justin Fields and Matt Nagy, yeah, um, all that news. And then we talked, we, we actually did bring up a little bit about Mitchell Trubisky too, so which is funny that I even said that. Um, and we talked about, you know, the White Sox coming into this series here with the Astros. So, you know, I mean, Carmen's fucking awesome. Oh, and listen, yeah. I want to say this too. Carmen has been absolutely amazing to absolutely every single aspect that I have going on with this podcast. He has given me numerous amounts of advice. I mean, just, I mean, it's not even funny how much advice he's given me and he's fucking, he is a key player in any success that I have doing this. Like I, I really, I really mean that. And it's only because the words of wisdom that he's passed down to me, I haven't taken advantage of and I haven't taken like a grain of salt. I take it, you know, I take it to heart. So, I mean, when you get advice, take the advice. Don't let it slap you in the face and go right past you. Oh, yeah. You know what? I uh, I was going to say that I, I I mean, I think everybody at ESPN 1000 is awesome. But Carmen always, he just seems like the nicest dude. He's so genuine. Uh, I've talked with him. He's just so cool and calm. Yeah. I feel like he's just such an awesome dude. So, yeah, I totally agree that uh, Carmen is the man. And you, you mentioned Fred Hubner. Uh, you guys, did you say that he's like part of your show or what was the relationship there? Yeah, no, Fred, had, Fred has his own show on, on my network here over at the uh, 1252 sports Chicago. He has his own show here called Fred's Hubes views and brews. Okay. Or Hubes views and brews where yeah. he, he has a, a, a weekly guest on 
He talks about everything that he wants to, anything that he wants to talk about, whether it be bears, soccer, you know, Cubs, White Sox. He talks about it all. But the other, other awesome thing about Fred's show is that you know, we all know that Fred's a big craft beer drinker. So he always has a craft beer guest on too, a guy that's a local brewery who's making a beer that he likes, that, that Fred enjoys. So he'll bring those guys on and talk about the local breweries and stuff like that and what they got going on and where'd you get the idea for this? And hey, I like your beer. And so he's doing a lot for the community as well by promoting all these brands that and all these breweries that don't necessarily have the funds like a Budweiser or a Miller Light or a Coors Light. And he promotes them himself because he genuinely cares about what they have going on there because he is a diehard craft beer drinker. And it's it, it's phenomenal. You know, awesome. on, yeah. And it's not just Fred, too. I mean, like I said, we, we got Fred on our show. Like I said, on our network, he has, like I said, Hubes Views and Brews. We got David Schuster, longtime score guy, longtime ESPN guy, started with Fred over on Sports Phone, for crying out loud, in the 70s. He has his own show on our network called the Schuster Express. You know, we got a guy, we have a, we have a, a guy named Harry Berg. He's down there in Tampa Bay, Florida, but he's a South Side guy. Big time better. Right now, the guy's killing it right now. He is, what is he? He is 15 and four over the last three weeks hmm. in the NFL. Wow. He is absolutely killing it on bets. Harry the Greek, Harry Berg. He has a show called The Over Under on our network. We have a fantasy football show with Jeff Schwartz. I don't know if you know who that is, but Jeff Schwartz is the guy who pretty much orchestrated disco demolition oh, at, at, nice. at White Sox Park a long time ago. Comiskey. Nice. All right, he's the guy that orchestrated that. He's got his own fantasy show along with Andrew Tarbull and Tyler DeMouse. And, you know, we got, like I said, we got Alan Bratcher who has, a weekly by weekly two times a week with Warwick Holdman, ex former Bear uh, outside linebacker for the Chicago Bears. You know, so I mean, he he does a he does a show a pregame and a postgame with with Warwick Holdman. It's it's awesome, man. We got a great thing going on here at twelve fifty two. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that is awesome. It's really cool to hear the success that you are having before you started up two years ago. Had you already done like whether it was podcasting shows like this, or was it just brand new two years ago and it came together or you had like a plan? It sounds like because you've had a lot of success. Well, I mean, I had a plan and the plan that I had was always in my head, but I literally started it off just, I mean, just like this, no microphone, no camera. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing. I was just talking off my computer, just Same. talking shit because yep. I was pissed off about the Cubs. And I started getting a tiny little bit of a following and getting everything going. And then I I was um I was lucky enough to hop on Bears Barroom Network. And that was yeah. awesome. My my short time there was phenomenal. I was I that's where I hooked up with Greg Braggs, and that's where I hooked up with Joe Mandel and Phil and Shane and uh who do the uh tape never lies and 100 proof or whatever i don't even i forget what the hell it's called now um but i mean i hooked up with a lot of great people and like i said just take the advice that you're given you know and that's exactly what i did my my goal was ultimately to start 1252 and get it going and to rival something like espn to rival something like yahoo sports to rival something like cbs sports to rival barstool and that's still my ultimate goal. I mean, I still want to. I still want to be able to do that, and I'm I'm working my ass off to do so. Yeah, man, you're killing it. It's awesome to uh, to see it happen, and uh, I'm right there with. I mean, I'm a fan. Writing, podcasting, whatever. I think it's awesome because I'm just doing this for fun too. But no, it's cool to see that you have a whole network. You've got so many big big names on it, so it's awesome. But let's talk a little bit of Bears. So. <laughs> How do you feel about the Bears this season so far and the train wreck that is Matt Nagy? 
Well, the, okay, so the train wreck that is Matt Nagy, you know, we, it was, like a lot of people have given me advice. You always take the second question first because that's the first one you met. That's the first one you. It's like a the last thing. one you hear, so you always answer that one first. Yeah, the train wreck that is Matt Nagy. The train wreck that is Matt Nagy, I mean, it's it's been a wild, wild ride, okay? And it's been a wild ride now for two seasons. We saw it last year happen. We saw it, we saw, we saw it at the beginning of the year here. Last year, bouncing back and forth between Trubisky and Foles. And then this year, bouncing back between Dalton, saying Dalton's our starter. And then less than 24 hours later, now he's naming Justin Fields a starter. It's a shit show. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's an absolute fucking shit show and that's the that's the easiest way i can put it i think matt nagy is over his head is what i think personally and this is just me saying i'm going to be 100 real with you here i think matt nagy is not a play caller i don't think he can call a pizza hut and order a pizza let alone call a fucking game offensively yeah but I like I said this last night too i always hear that he's a he's a great leader of men and i don't even know what the fuck that means uh, I, I honestly don't. I mean, it's uh, I, I know Mr. Chase here. You're, you, you, I don't know how old you are, but 32. I mean, you ever seen the movie Braveheart? He doesn't remind me of William Wallace. Oh, no. Okay, I mean that's a leader of men in my opinion. He is not our. He is not. He is not. You know, uh, he's so frustrating, man. He really yeah. is. He he drives me to to grind my teeth. Like he really does. I hope he figures this out. He's a word salad. Yeah, exactly. And I like to call it diarrhea of the mouth. I mean, honestly, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. He's just talking shit any which way he can. And I understand why he wants to keep his job. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and shit on a guy for trying to keep his job. We've all had that day where it's like, Oh, my grandma's sick. I can't make it into work today. You know what I mean? We've all had that day. You know, we've all played hooky from work and made up some bullshit excuse just to make sure that you, in, in, you keep your job. But at this point now, I mean, there's no turning back. And I think it's from up above that Fields got the job. I don't think that was Nagy's decision. I mean, especially after 24 hours, I mean, less than 24 hours earlier prior, he said that if Andy Dalton was healthy, Andy Dalton would be the starter. And then, like I said, 24 hours later, you know, you're saying that Justin Fields is the starter for the remainder of the year. That came from up top. And then the Bears season this year, what do I think of the Bears so far this year? I mean, I, I didn't have high expectations going into this year. Well, I mean, I, I really didn't. I didn't. I didn't have high expectations going into this year. What you see is what you're going to get. All right. I mean, you're going to have this the still shitty and makeshift O line. You're going to have a weak fucking secondary and a hit or miss front seven. I mean, you, you, Akeem Hicks is never healthy. Eddie Goldman is honestly a fucking waste of space, in my opinion. All right. I mean, he really is. He never plays. He never plays. All right. Last year, sitting out because of the COVID stuff. This year, he's, you know, I don't know what's wrong with him. He was on his period for the first four weeks of the season, I think, and didn't want to play. But, you know, it's it's one of those type of things, though. You know what I mean? You, you The best, like, like Waddle says, like Sylvie says, the best ability is availability. And if you're not willing to fucking play and you're not willing to suit up and help your team, then why are you even with us? I'm ready to cut ties with him. Akeem Hicks, always hurt. Cut ties with him. He's old. He, he, he like Mongo says, the best description of Akeem Hicks, muffin top. He's softer than puppy shit up top. I mean, honestly, unless he breaks that old line, he's soft. He's soft. All right. It's, it's, it's just one of those things. But going back to it, I didn't expect much of this Bears team this year. I maybe said six wins, I think, and the over under was six and a half. Okay. So I said six. And looking at their schedule, it, it, I mean, they could win games. 
I can I can see Justin Fields going out there and beating Pittsburgh and beating Minnesota twice, beating Detroit again. I can see that happening. Well, you're already at five there. They're gonna they're gonna beat the New York Giants because the Giants are fucking terrible, and you you might get a win that you're not supposed to get like this weekend in Oakland. You, you there was looking at the schedule week week three of the preseason, nobody expected the Bears to win that game with Andy Dalton starting. Now that you got Justin Fields there and the way everything falls, Oakland sore. Josh Jacobs still banged up. Oakland's got a still still pretty piss poor secondary. Bears might come out of this weekend with a win. Who knows? It's just one of those things, and that's one of those wins that they shouldn't probably get. You know, it's it's I still I'm still sticking with my guns of the Bears. I think they're I think they're a six and ten team or six and eleven team, way outside of the playoffs, finishing third in the division. And I mean, I'd be surprised they make a push. I I mean, I really would. I I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, But I guess you have to be optimistic at least. Well, actually, I'm sure you're optimistic about Fields. However, are you worried about Nagy either just butchering the game plan unless Lazer's calling plays, or are you just like, I'm just glad that Fields is out there, even though Nagy is there too, to kind of potentially run things or, you know, run that ship down? Right. No, I mean, I'm definitely worried about Nagy being the play caller, and I'm glad that Lazer's taken over calling the plays. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, the it is a dramatic difference when there's people like you and me. I mean, we're just football fans, man. We're sitting off to the sideline and watching what's going on. And you can tell the difference between a Bill Lazor play and a Matt Nagy called play. I mean, it's night and day difference. It's apple and watermelon. It's not apple and oranges. It's apple and watermelon. Yeah. You can tell the difference from 75 yards up in the fucking stands. You can tell who's running plays. Yeah, I'm definitely worried about that. Am I excited for Justin Fields? Yes, but at the same time, at, I mean, I was one of the proponents on draft night where I was fucking livid when they when they moved up to grab a quarterback. After the, you already said that Andy Dalton was going to be your starting quarterback because they don't have an O-line to protect this asset that you moved up to grab. All right, now granted, this is the first round, so I was not a happy camper. Second round day, I, w- I felt amazing about what they did in this year's draft. Tevin Jenkins is a straight-up mauler. He's going to come back healthy. If he comes back healthy, the guy's an absolute monster on the offensive line. All right? And you, if you get Larry Borum back, then, you, then you're then you building. Then you got Cody Whitehair, and you got Mustafa, and you got James Daniels. You got you get a nice set of old linemen there, big guys that are smart, big guys that know how to move, big guys that are quick and force off the ball. All that being said, just protect your asset. That's what I want to see. Bill Lazor, if he's calling plays, he has to make sure that Justin Fields is in non-injury situations. Don't let him move the ball like Lamar Jackson this year. Don't let him run and take a hit. Don't let him do that. Let him throw the ball away. Let him throw a pick and learn the differences in between man coverage and zone coverage or hybrid coverage. You know, let him let him see that because it's a learning process. He's going to be throwing different things that he wasn't seen at Ohio State. Let him know, show him, let the film day be the biggest day of his life every single week besides playing the game. I think that we got a stud here and I just don't want to see the Bears fuck him up due to injury or fuck him up due to shitty play calling. I think that speaks for the majority that feel the same way. I mean, it makes sense, but at least uh, if it wasn't for Fields, then... I don't know. I feel like he's like the lone bright spot or among the lone bright spots for the Bears or at least the Bears fans to have some kind of hope or joy to watch the team every Sunday. So we'll see. You're right. They might they might get a win in Vegas against the Raiders. 
at least you you at least at the end of the day you at least want to see Fields developing and only getting better and wins or losses aside you at least want to see him show progress and if if laser calling plays works then hopefully you know hope that Nagy doesn't like fire him in the offseason or something just because he wants the you know he has his ego it seems like that he has to have everything go through him right I mean you don't you don't want to see that but there I mean like you said there are other hot spots of this this team that 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 you gotta notice I mean, it's, it's week in and week out that you notice something good. David Montgomery, although it's shitty be him being out with a knee sprain, an MCL sprain over the next couple of weeks. Could be worse, six, Yeah. Uh, he's still, I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the league if he's given the chance to run the fucking ball. Roquan Smith, that guy is all over the field each and every single week. He is absolutely amazing. He is unbelievable. He may be the best linebacker in the NFL, and he's going underneath the radar because he's on a shit bear team. Okay, you got Darnell Mooney, who I said last year has the potential to be every bit as good, if not better than Tyreek Hill. He is uh, he is unbelievable speed, unbelievable hands, unbelievable mind for the game. Those are bright spots, man. Those are real bright, shining, bright spots. And you still don't know what you got out of Cole Komet. But what I've seen out of Cole Komet this year, the fucking kid can block. And that was his main thing that nobody understood last year when they drafted him. He can block. Now get now get him out there to ke- fucking catch some passes. That's what I want to see. Yeah, right. Utilize them. Yeah. So uh, now I don't know if this is like legit or if you're joking, but are, are you a Brett? Far- Were you a Brett Favre fan back in the day? <laughs> I I love Brett Favre. Yeah, dude. me too. I mean, it's me not too. a joke. I, I I love Brett Favre. Yeah. Um, I hate the fucking Packers. I really do. I okay. hate the Packers. I got you. But Brett Favre, every game that I watched him when I was growing up. Now, I'm 33 years old. So yeah. watching Brett Favre, I hated when he played Chicago because he always beat Chicago. It broke my fucking yes. heart. But it, it, I loved the way he just threw the ball so hard. I mean, yeah, there you go. I love Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love the way that he threw the ball so hard. I remember as a kid, Bubba, it was, there used to be a show in, during the football season where it was almost like TWIB, like where it was like this week in baseball. All right, but they used to have it on the. Uh, they used to have it on ESPN in the mornings before game day and stuff like that. And they showed Bubba Franks, and Bubba Franks is like, man, he's like, I've never had a ball thrown harder than me in my life. Blah blah blah. blah. He's like, yeah. just look at this. And he holds his hands up to the camera, and every single which one of his fingers was pointed almost in an opposite direction because Brett Favre had broken all his fucking fingers by throwing him the ball so hard. Jeez. And it was like, man, oh man, I'm like, this guy's like Nolan Ryan of the football. This guy's like Nolan Ryan of the yeah. NFL. I love this guy. He's awesome. And it just sucked because yeah. he just he would come into town and play my favorite team and kick their ass twice a year. But I mean, yeah, no, yeah. Brett Favre is he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not saying that he is. Right. I'm just saying he's my favorite quarterback of all time. He's the most fun that I've had watched. And Brett Brett Favre, Tom Brady's pretty fucking close. Tom Brady's unreal too. So Yeah. Well, you said you're 33. I'll be 33 this month. But also, yeah, growing up, my uncle was a Packers fan, but I liked uh, Favre was the guy for me growing up as well. So, um, you know, for all the Bears fans listening, sorry. But yeah, I was the, I was definitely a Favre guy as well. He was like my first yeah, jersey, yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, that was the, uh, you know, I was growing up in the the later part of like Troy Aikman, Dan Marino, John Elway, Favre was right up in there. So Favre was my guy growing right. up too. Yeah, it, you mentioned Brady. Isn't it insane that he goes to Tampa? Isn't it insane that it's almost like he's like last year, 
I'm done with New England. I'm going to just pick a random team out of a hat and go in a Super Bowl there. Listen, what Tom Brady does is is unbelievable, man. I will never, ever bet against that man No, ever yeah, again. I know. Ever again. I will never bet against Tom Brady ever again. Ever again. He is what that guy can do with the teams that he has had. I mean, you're talking, I mean, he had, he's had teams with literally no wide receivers on him. Just Gronk. You know, like, no wide receivers. And he still wins fucking 11 games to win their division and move to the AFC Championship game with no wide receivers. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. And then, yeah, I mean, he goes down to Tampa, finds a, finds a team, finds a place where it's warm for him and his wife and kids to stay, hang out. Yeah. And now he gets to recruit. You guys like yeah. Nick Saban as a quarterback. He's just recruiting players all over the NFL to come hang out and play with him in fucking sunshine, sunny Florida. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting. It's crazy. Let's close on our baseball team, the Cubs. So how annoyed or what's your, what's, what's, when I say Cubs, what, what even goes through your mind these days? Ooh, lots of work. Yeah. That's what goes through my mind, mm-hmm. but exciting. Yeah. Exciting. I'm excited. I am too. Um, Because I mean, in 2013 or whatever, 2011 or whatever it was when they hired Theo Epstein, I was like, oh, baby, I'm ready. This is going to be great. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. I, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, baby. And it was. It was. Uh, the, the, we've never seen a run like that ever out of the Chicago Cubs. 2015, when 97 oh, games, beating fun. the Cardinals, you know, losing to the Mets. I mean, that was. It reminded me so much of the 2000, and not to, not to jump ship, but it reminded me so much of the 2009 Blackhawks team. Mm, okay, yeah. All right, that 2015 Cub team, where the Blackhawks finally got there and beat Detroit. Yep. You know, it was, it was like, oh, yeah, baby. But then they fizzled out. Same thing in 2015. Cubs get there. They finally, they fuck, they beat up the Cardinals. Our division rival, they yep. beat up the Cardinals, and then they lose to the Mets. The next year, I made a bet in 2016 in June. All right. This is no bullshit. I bet the pink slip to my car at the time. I bet the pink slip to my car that the Cubs were going to win the World Series against. Yeah, well, I, I run kind of in a I run in kind of a crazy crowd. Uh, I bet the pink slip to my car to a cocaine dealer. Dang. And I told him, I was like, if the Cubs don't win the World Series, you can have my car. I'm like, but if the Cubs win the World Series, I want three grand. I'm like, that's the blue book value on my piece of shit car. There you go. And I won three grand at the end of the year. <laughs> that's awesome. But I mean, with the Cubs, it's <laughs> that's a, that's a true story. Um, with, with the Cubs, there's a lot of work, but it's going to be exciting work. It's going to be a lot of exciting work. What they're going to do in free agency, they got a lot back in these trades. Everybody was heming and hawing over the the Hugh Darvish trade. We knew what they were going to do, guys. I mean, after that, you knew after the Hugh Darvish trade that they were going to rebuild. All right, but look, I got a crazy stat for you, Will. So at the beginning of the All Star break, uh, until the, the first half of the season, Hugh Darvish had like a three point six eight ERA. Right, he was unbelievable. He was filthy that first half of the season. From the All Star break on, he had the highest ERA out of any starting pitcher, with more with with a minimum of fifty innings. Yeah, I think the, I think the Cubs won that trade. Oh yeah. Oh, I I got ca- rid of him at the right time. I agree. No, I I caught it at the end of la- like this time last year. I brought it up. I said, should the Cubs make Darvish available? Because I'm thinking he's coming off a great year. He has the injury problem. He's what 34, 35, you know, in that range. Get something while you can, mm-hmm. and they did. And now we all might have thought they would have gotten more, 
But I agree. They won the trade even just on the fact that they got what they did for him. Because imagine trying to trade him now if you right. still had him. Like, what would you even get now? Oh, my God. Well, and that's that's the problem, too, with what happened with, with guys like Schwarber and guys like Br- uh, Bryant and Rizzo. You waited too long, and you didn't get enough back for him. A few years ago, if you would have, if you would have called up San Fran and be like, hey, you guys want him, you give me Josh Bart, you got the number four prospect in all of baseball. That would have been a, that would have been a done deal. It would have been they probably would have given us their, their top pitching prospect as well. All right, but since you waited so long and people have figured out what Chris Bryant is, Chris Bryant's the back of his baseball card is always going to look the same. It's going to be two sixty five to two seventy five. 25 to 30 homers, 95 to 90 to 100 RBIs, 86 to 100 RBIs. That's what he's going to do. But everything, everything that Chris Bryant does happens at a time where you don't need it to happen. It's either when you're up by eight or down by eight. It doesn't matter what he does ever. All right, Anthony Rizzo, you could have gotten something. You could have gotten something for him. And I love Rizzo, man. I, I he's he was my favorite Cub for the last decade. He really was. Him and John Lester were my favorite Cubs. But you could have gotten if you could have gotten something big for Anthony Rizzo if you would have shopped him at the right time. Now, granted, I don't. I wish they wouldn't have shopped him because I would still love to have Rizzo here instead of Frank Schwindel. All right, I would still like to have Rizzo playing first base instead of Schwindel. But I mean, you could have got something bigger for him. Javi Baez, you could have gotten a fucking sale for that guy. You could have gotten an entire ball club for that guy at one point when he was runner up to MVP that year. You could you could have gotten you could have gotten a haul for him. But then, like we all knew, like we all knew was going to happen, Javier Baez can't hit breaking stuff, and he chases way too much. And he, he, what his baseball card is, he's a 220 to 245 hitter, and he's a meathead at times. Doesn't hustle all the time. But at one point, you could have had, you could have had the fucking the farm. You could have had the farm for him. You waited too long on these guys. By the time that they traded those guys, their value was never lower yeah i will say it was though, bottom barrel value for those guys i will say considering what they were able to get now i, I you know prospects are a crapshoot there are lottery tickets most of them may not even make it to the show mm-hmm. i think for what they were able to get they did pretty good to, to like i mean they might have done really well considering where they were at that point at the trade deadline to get who they got for these guys now again you know, a Bryce Ball for Jock Peterson. I know Bryce Ball is a single-A player. And it seemed like all these prospects, for what it's worth, it seemed like they were all raking. Now, again, that means nothing in single-A, double-A, whatever. But if a couple of these guys may get a Brennan Davis, I mean, Brennan Davis is a stud. When he comes up, if some of these guys make it work, then, you know, we could look back and say, okay, that really worked out. But, yeah, I agree. My thing for the Cubs was, in 2019, I was thinking maybe they should just go ahead and do like a not a tank, but like a mini rebuild on the fly, kind of like the 16 Yankees. Just trade some of these guys, get some guys back, maybe keep the the window going a few more years because you'll be because it just wasn't working with that core as was ever since 17. Really, the offense just right. never was the same. The core just wasn't working. Kyle Schwarber is a beast, but it wasn't working in Chicago. I don't know that he would have had the year he had this year if he was still in Chicago, right. but. I, I, I like individually. I hope they all play well. I doubt any of them come back. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Do you think Rizzo's coming back? I don't think he is. I would love him to. I like Rizzo. I don't a lot. think any of these guys are coming back. I agree. And the reason why these guys are having better years, the reason why these guys are having better years off the Cubs, is because of who's around them in the lineup yeah. on their current teams. Right. 
You look at why Schwarber's doing good. It's because he's batting in front of Verdugo and he's batting in front of Devers. Guys that are 300 hitters that hit the shit out of the ball. All right, he's batting in front of Trey Turner and he's batting he's batting behind or in front of Juan Soto or behind Juan Soto. He's going to see better pitches because nobody wants to get the Juan Soto. Nobody wants to get the Trey Turner. Anthony Rizzo, same exact thing. Who would you rather face, Giancarlo Stanton or Anthony Rizzo? Aaron Judge or Anthony Rizzo? I mean, it, 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 you you try to take the out when you can get the out. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to fuck around. Right. But, you know, that's why those guys are having better years. Now, in the process of Javier Baez, that's all you got is Lindor up there. Lindor and who, who's the first baseman up there? The big, the big dopey white dude. Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso. Thank you. The big dopey white guy. Yeah. Yeah, Pete Alonso, you're right. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you got him or Lindor, and that's it. You know, that's that's all you got. And there's nobody else in that New York Mets team that scares you in that order. There's nobody. Chris Bryant, now, on the other hand, he's having kind of a similar type of year that he had here in Chicago because the only guy that you got to worry about out there is really Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford. It's all who's in front of you, who's behind you, what you're going to be able to see, what the pitchers are going to do for outs, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the Cubs needed to sell two years ago, not this year because they would have gotten a lot more back. But now this offseason, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. The winter meetings are going to be fun. There's a bunch of – there's a couple good free agent guys hitting the market this year. It should be a lot of fun. Hopefully the, the Cubs can do maybe a couple little splash moves, but I don't expect them to spend big. I expect them to just kind of peter through this year and get that young talent up. Nico Horner maybe starting at third base or shortstop. Nico – and then you got Nick Madrigal in the trade that oh, you yeah. just made. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of youth there. There's there's a lot of talent, and you got to figure it out. Yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah, the wild card might be the Ricketts and spending. I agree. I don't think they're going to make a huge spending spree this off season, but it should be fun no matter what because they're going to do something. We're kind of change turning the page on the old era. It's time to see what these young kids are going to be able to do. It'll be fun. And you said the winter meetings. I love the winter meetings. I got to go in twenty. It was going into the 2016 season, so the year the Cubs won it all. I went to the winter meetings that year. I was looking for an there internship, and I was there. I made it on the TV in the background of when they were they were showing that they had just signed Ben Zobrist. So we all know how great Ben Zobrist was. So that was a fun year, fun time. But uh, yeah, 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 it'd be fun. I can't wait to see what this team does. Hopefully they turn the corner, get back to it. I mean, the White Sox were bad for so long. They got good. They had prospects come up. Now look at them. Cubs can get back to it. Well, the White Sox did a great job, and Rick Hahn did a fucking amazing job over there. I mean, he he really did. He he, he really did. I give Rick Hahn all the credit for that team. I mean, but I mean, that's exactly what you got to do. This day and age, you got to be able to build, and you got to have the young, youthful talent through the system that can that can make a difference. I mean, fuck, look at the Dodgers for crying out loud. Oh, God, yeah, they got yeah. Mookie Betts. Yeah, but look at all the homegrown talent they got. Yeah. All right, yeah, they got Scherzer. Yeah, they got Trey Turner. But look at all the homegrown talent they got. They got Cody Bellinger, Clayton Kershaw. They got Walker Bueller, uh, Justin Turner. They got Corey Seager. I mean, they have just the talent among talent all over to Canley Jansen. The talent that they have there is unbelievable. It's great. I don't know how they got this talent. Honestly, I don't understand how they do it. But – that's the page that you got to rip off from. You got to find the talent that you can bring up through the system and be a player. That's it. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. And the Cubs got a long road ahead of them to get to that point, to get back to square. Yeah. You said it. You have to, uh, 
They have to model, whether it's the Rays, the Dodgers. They need to just start getting that that homegrown talent up. And I think they finally made a, tr- a positive gain in that area. So we'll see. Time will tell. But Fat Mike, this was great. Finally, finally got to talk and yeah, uh, chat some sports. So, yeah, keep up the success. You're killing it. Also, congrats on the wedding. That's awesome. And I'll keep looking out for your shows, and I'll see you around Twitter. Sounds great, man. Thank you for having me again. I really do appreciate it. This has been fun. Absolutely.